This episode of Remote Control is a special edition as a recording of a webinar with Contact Monkey, which looks at different ways to measure the success of your internal comms virtual event. Hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Contact Monkey's webinar on six ways to measure the success of your company's virtual event. We're super excited to be partnering with StreamGo for this one. For those of you who don't know, StreamGo is a virtual event uh, platform which has really engaging features when it comes to in-event engagement and also post-event metrics. So there's a lot for us to take away from today's session. So just to quickly introduce myself, um, I'm a digital marketing manager at Contact Monkey, and today I'm joined by Jack Ford, the head of marketing at StreamGo. Yeah, hi, Maitali. Thanks for thanks for the intro. We're really looking forward to getting into virtual event measurement. I think it's something where in the past year everyone's ran towards virtual events, um, and maybe the measurement hasn't hasn't kind of come along with it. So yeah, excited to dig into it. Yeah, we're super excited. And just going over some housekeeping. So for today's session, we'll be going through our slides talking about the six metrics you must look at when setting up a virtual event. And then we'll open it up for Q&A at the end. But if you have any questions as we go along, just feel free to post them in the chat box and we'll address them at the end. Um, we also often get the question of, will you be getting the recording after? And yes, you will. So we'll be sending you the recording in your email in a day or two. And Jack, I think you can take it away. Great. So yeah, I think really we just want to talk about the, the benefits of virtual events and um, could kind of go into lots of detail here, but I think the three that we kind of tend to pick out are reach. So the fact that the audience can be much larger, um, you know, don't have to kind of break it down and, and do uh, office by office. It can be kind of to everyone at the same time. Um, there's, yeah, there's just really no getting away from the fact that virtual events offer that um, extra reach than in-person uh, events can do. We've then got one called ease, and that can kind of be ease of access, but also kind of ease of organization as well. I think certainly in companies I've worked in the past, we've, we, if we're having an all hands meeting, we'd have to pile into the canteen and inevitably there'd be someone kind of bundling by with the, with the plates and the dishes stacked on a trolley that interrupt the keynote speaker. So yeah, I think the, the ease of access and the ease of organization of virtual events really brings another level of um, yeah, accessibility to them uh, for internal, uh, internal events. Uh, and then the next one, I guess it's, it's getting more and more important and everyone should be considering it more and more, is the, is the kind of the eco impact as well. So um, we've got clients who have substituted doing kind of mini road shows and world tours um, with online uh, updates. And yeah, the amount of miles that it kind of cuts down on travel, there's no need for people to be uh, hopping on planes to visit an office. Um, in America, then another one to go to Hong Kong, and another one to to London. So yeah, it really kind of can really play into a lot of corporate goals at the minute, which are around making um, more green choices uh, and yeah, the the carbon footprint that it kind of uh, travel has. You know, the, the virtual events really cut those out. So I think yeah, important to to think about those those three benefits as a whole. Um, before we get into kind of what you can do in a virtual event uh, or, or not. Um, I think also just worth pointing out that 
what we've got on screen here is a couple of um, couple of quotes from uh, some guests. From, we did a, a podcast, and it was all about remote working, actually, um, and it was very aptly timed last year. Um, and both Jenny and Victoria talked about the fact that actually virtual events are a, cha- are a channel. So I'm, I'm sure everyone kind of out there kind of gets on board with this already, but measuring the success of the virtual event doesn't necessarily mean that the, the internal comms campaign or the change that you're looking to affect has been successful. It's a channel and it's important to remember that it is um, a channel. It's an effective one, but it's, it's kind of very much in isolation. Um, doesn't necessarily tell the whole story of, of how the, the message has been received. So yeah, something to think about. We'll dive into the, the metrics now and see how you can measure this impact. Um, and yeah, there's kind of some, some thoughts on how it can also impact your other channels and your other messages that you're sending out there. But worth keeping in mind that, um, that yeah, this isn't kind of necessarily going to be a, a fix-all, but if you're looking at doing virtual events, we're now going to kind of really give you the, the insight into how to measure if that channel's been working. So going into the first success metric for measuring your virtual event, um, this is a pre-event metric. And like Jack mentioned, uh, your virtual events need to kind of feed into your internal communication strategy and help you achieve that goal. And identifying the right events and whether these are the ones that your employees want and appreciate is it can be tricky. And one of the easiest ways uh, to measure that is about by measuring how employees respond to your event email invite so um that tells you was the topic of your interest uh, topic of your event interesting to your employees did they find it compelling and want to learn more about the event and that's when emails really help because they help you measure that in a way that maybe you wouldn't be able to using another platform so contact monkey um, makes it really easy to measure the open and clicks of your events. So what you can see on the left here is using our dashboard, you can actually create an event in your Outlook inbox. Um, All you have to do is put in your event details when you create a new event, the name, the time, the location, any description that you want. And then we have a really easy to use email template builder. So that's what you see on the right. So all you have to do once you've created an event is drag the event content block into your email newsletter which is either a layout that you build or you use the pre-created template. So it's really easy to create an engaging invite. And what this does is when you embed an event in your email newsletter, employees are able to RSVP to the event directly from the newsletter and add it to the calendar. So not only does this help you track event success, but it also makes it really easy for employees to engage with an event and also keep track of upcoming events. So when you look at, once you've sent it out in the newsletter, you can measure your opens and clicks once the email has been sent out. So what the opens will tell you is, is that the subject line of your event was intriguing to employees. And usually best practice when you send out an event invite is to have the topic or the name of the event in your subject line. If you see a high open rate, you know that the topic of the event is something that your employees want. If you see an open rate that's low, maybe it's an indicator that the kind of events that you're hosting need to be different. 
And then the clicks will tell you, is the actual subject matter of your email invite compelling enough for employees to register for the event? So assuming that your event invite has a registration link or a button through which employees can register for the event, you will know through the clicks was the event topic engaging enough. The second metric for success is tracking event registrations. This is obviously, this sounds really obvious. Of course, you would track event registrations. But the point of this, the point of this metric is there are different ways to look at that as well. So again, using Contact Monkey, as I mentioned before, employees can RSVP for events through the newsletter. And this is the dashboard view that you would get to see how many people have registered for the event and you would have all their contact details. What's really useful about this is that you can analyze which employees have engaged with the event, which departments have found it more interesting than other departments. And this kind of helps you create a more targeted event strategy going forward. Um, there's no way to know which events are going to appeal to which employees and which departments unless you test it out. So analyzing these RSVPs in this fashion will give you that learning so that you can refine your virtual event strategy going forward. So these are two really important metrics that you can start use to start measuring your event success even before the event has taken place. Success that is going to be before the event even starts. It's a really great way to look at it and start to get a feel for how it's working and, and potentially even changing some of the content you've got planned based on that, those initial uh, metrics. So yeah, that's really interesting. Um, so I guess what I'm going to start with is looking at engagement scores, and this is kind of maybe some of the hard numbers, if you like, of a, of a virtual event. And they're the most common ones that people will report on as well. So if we're kind of looking at probably the most obvious one would be attendance rate. So, you know, you want to see how many people have kind of attended the event overall. But similar to how Mytilly just talked about, um, you just talked about kind of breaking it down by departments and by teams, you could do that here as well. So I guess an example might be if there's a, um, a product launch for a particular division in the company, um, you know, it's going to be really important that that sales team and the customer service teams are attending and, and kind of soaking up that information. Uh, so kind of monitoring their attendance rate is going to be pretty key. But if it's a um, perhaps an internal facing team in a different division, then it's probably not vital that 100% of those people are watching the event and consuming the information kind of live. They can access it at a, maybe a more suitable time. So yeah, having a look at those different things is worthwhile. Um, and then you've got session views as well. So number of times a virtual event is more than just one person standing up and speaking. It's a number of events linked together over a period of time. Now, session views are going to be able to give you an, uh, an experience, an understanding of who's been presenting the most interesting content, um, which content has been overlooked, and perhaps you need to do something more with that after the virtual event ends. Those session views are kind of really important to understand. Yes, attendees kind of shows who's turned up overall, but session views, it's, okay, well, which content has been watched and, uh, and engaged with? So yeah, there's a kind of a good distinction there between those two. Um, and then you want to be looking at questions. So the more questions, the better, I always think. It's a, it's a good sign of engagement um, that people are kind of asking questions. Um, and we've got a nice little uh, 
ex extra question um, metric in, a, in a, a future slide, which uh, goes a bit more detail. Also kind of poll response rate as well. So, you know, if you're looking to gather feedback um, or opinions on something, then making sure that enough people are responding to the poll so you can come out with a decision at the end of it is kind of key. I suppose at the minute there's probably lots of conversations, ongoing workplaces about how to return to the office. Um, and, you know, if you're running a poll on a virtual event and, and having that discussion with people, if you're getting a good turnout and a good attendee rate and then a good poll response rate, you know, you can be pretty confident that the, the feedback and the opinions that you're getting are representative of the company as a whole. You know, if, it, if, you, if you're getting a low rate, then the answers that you're getting, you know, you're not really able to make an action or a decision on that. So, yeah, something to, to bear in mind. Um, and then you quite often, you're wanting to launch something, an internal event. We've seen lots of things uh, with our clients and internally here at StreamGo, you know, new resources being available. Um, especially when people have been working remotely, some kind of mental wellness resources are kind of have been, um, you know, needed to be launched and, and adapted. Um, you know, with a virtual event, you can track those clicks. You can see who is downloading. Again, it could be for you know you want to track if it's a certain team that are, are accessing this information. Um, you know, the virtual event platform that you use should be able to tell you. Um, Number one, how many times they've been accessed, and and really, kind of who's been who's been clicking through to them as well. So, you know, that could be PDFs to download. It could be you know links off to you know your resource center that you've got uh, on an intranet or something like that. But yeah, being able to um, kind of add that extra little bit of tracking in there um, as you're looking to launch something, or or it might be you know an FAQ document that you need people to read. Um, that's kind of a, a, another good measurement of engagement. Um, on the StreamGo platform, you know, we kind of package a lot of this together in, in, in an engagement score, and that gets a, attributed to each individual um, attendee, uh, and you can apply that to sessions and, and, and kind of get an average uh, engagement score and see which sessions have um, gathered the best score. You know, you could even look at um, who's the least engaged and think, okay, in my follow-up com campaigns, I'm gonna segment and talk to those people differently. Um, so yeah, I think the engagement score is quite unique. It, it takes in all in all these things into consideration, from questions and polls, and, um, and making sure people are kind of engaging with it, and can really help people with follow-up campaigns, um, for, you know, to make those internal uh, comms campaigns work, uh, based on who's been engaging or, or who maybe needs some extra prodding to to get on board. So that's kind of the engagement piece. And like I say, those ones are the hard numbers, if you like, of a virtual event and probably the ones that are most often seen and readily available. Um, I'm gonna talk about now is kind of the sentiment or the reaction, which is harder to measure, I suppose, and harder to kind of get that information from, a, from, from number and data. Um, you couldn't have a slide without a Disney film in there, uh, given this past year I've seen to have watched um, almost all of them with my kids um, and what we're kind of trying to look at here really is the softer side of things is you know if there's a message coming across or you're launching something new it's how is that being responded to what reactions is that getting from from um, your employees you know maybe in an in-person event it's maybe easier to see people's you know, sit forward and take attention, or, or maybe it's, you know, kind of slumped down a little bit, but online it's, you don't get that body language read so much. 
So there's a few things that we can look at here. Um, and there's one which is really cool, it's questions. Um, so I mentioned it earlier, but it's not looking at the number of questions, but it's kind of been asking, it's looking at what's been asked. Um, there's a great company, Word Nerds, um, and, uh, and others out there who do this kind of sentiment tracking. Um, and they basically, you know, you can take your kind of question transcript, uh, live chat transcript, uh, and, and pass it through their, um, their tool, and it will kind of bring out the sentiments and the key themes. So yeah, it really kind of does that, uh, the analysis and, and kind of highlights what, what the reaction is to, to different things. And you can, you know, you could put that by session. If there's, you know, you're doing two or three different sessions, you can then look to kind of analyze those sentiments and reactions um, by, the, by a topic, or, or you can do it as a whole and it'll kind of group those through for you. Um, you could also then kind of combine that with poll results as well. Um, you know, we're saying it's a little bit more complicated, but actually, it could you know, a poll could be as basic as finding out people's reactions. You know, are they understanding the change that we're talking about? Are they, um, how do they feel about the proposal they've just seen? You know, you can't get away from a poll being nice and easy. You know, one click to give your opinion, and, and you've got that, and you get a nice view about the the reactions from the workforce. So. Yeah, as you know, we can make things um, like really in depth and a little bit uh, kind of complex and sophisticated. You know, WordNerds does a great job of, of producing like easy to understand information. But then you ho you also have polls as well where you can just ask outright, "How do you feel about this? Are you understanding it?" Um, and you get that kind of insight straight away. Um, you could also start to take cues from some of the social media sites as well. You know, you can't log on to a social site with, without seeing people, uh, you know, liking or and reacting to, to posts, whether that's LinkedIn, even more so these days, uh, you know, Facebook and the like. Um, you know, you could, you could have those kind of reactions on your, on your virtual event session as well. You know, have real-time updates of, as people are hearing you know, the new launch or the new growth plans or, the, you know, talking about new offices or, or whatever it is that, that you're talking to your audience about and your employees, you know, they can react in real time. Um, you know, and you can customise that from kind of your thumbs up to being curious to being, uh, you know, wanting to find out more or, yeah, hopefully not furious, but curious is a, is a good one. Um, so, yeah, so I think you do it do a lot worse than taking your cues from some of the biggest companies out there with those social reactions. Um, and then hopefully this isn't happening, people aren't sleeping during the virtual event uh, or this webinar, hopefully. Um, and what this is kind of, kind of um, illustrating is, you know, being able to see when people are actually engaging and they're, you know, engaging with the page and it's kind of front of their browser versus it's playing in the background. Um, again, this um, I can't talk for every platform out there, but you know, StreamGo, we can show you that the difference between uh, who's active and who's engaging with the content front of their browser on their main screen, mouse is clicking, mouse is you know on the page versus someone who's got it in a secondary tab. The audio and the video are playing away, but you know they might be sifting through emails, they're getting their weekly shopping donor or whatever it is that you can do online at the same time. Um, you know, it's, it's worth kind of taking a look at that because if there is a discrepancy and it's a big one, then you suggest that they're not engaging, they're, they're not 
loving the fact that not, you know, not really enjoying what you're talking about. So, yeah, something that um, is worth kind of keeping an eye on, really, and just identifying if there's you know, particular sessions where the, the drop-off is, is more um, and identifying why that, why that might be. Um, and then similar to that as well, there's, you know, it's never been so easy to leave an internal company event than clicking the little red cross in the corner. You, know, you don't have to shuffle past the row of people and kind of open a creaky door and leave like that. You, you can just exit the browser and, and that's it. Um, and whilst this isn't, it wouldn't be kind of used as a, uh, you know, hunt out everyone who left before the end, what it does give you is a good view on which, you know, in the in most severe of cases, which sessions and, and which announcements have gone down so badly that people have kind of quit and, and exited. So, yeah, that kind of reaction and understanding piece, there's, you know, there are hard numbers behind it, but there's also kind of almost that, uh, the analysis of those numbers kind of can really drive you to, to a result, really. Um, and yeah, so I guess that's kind of a little bit different than, than perhaps everything is um, reported on virtual events. Um, then the next piece, I guess, is all around the change. So um, like during the, the podcast interviews that I've been doing over the past year, you know, we talked a lot about the fact that internal comms is, is usually around a change, whether that's a change um, that we'll, you know, people are wanting to make, uh, that we all had to make last year, um, you know, whether it's behaviour or changing um, locations or strategy, branding, you know, a lot, lots of internal comms campaigns are about change. And I think one thing that can be easy to overlook is the change that you can actually make during the virtual event. This is another slide inspired by um, my children in, in the past year. I think I've read this book um, yeah, close to 100 times. Um, but it kind of illustrates the fact that that, that change is, is ongoing. And what we can do to kind of during the event to, to have a look at that. Um, so, you know, I mentioned it before about kind of resources, you know, there's no point kind of hiding away um, the change. If you're looking to get people to access new things, it's kind of providing clicks and, and downloads, you know, make use of that. They're on, they're on the webpage, they're engaging with the content. Like you should be able to, to have those links and those, those documents there for people to access. It's an easy, metric to measure uh, how many people have accessed this the new policy document how many people have um, read you know whatever document it is or, or access resources you know it shouldn't have to be a follow-up campaign you can have it there and you can report on that metric straight away that can be you know one of the changes that you make um, you could have a look at um, uh, poll responses, survey responses as well. You know, if you're looking to, if one of the goals is to gather opinions on, on pieces, again, using a poll where people are engaging with the content and a survey response, that's kind of, you can, you can tick that off for a lot of people as well. So it's kind of those scenarios where the, the outcome might be that you need to gather something from someone, you need an action where you can do it during the virtual event. Um, so on, on screen is a, is a kind of a representation of what a round table might look like as well. So often, you know, you're looking to kind of set up smaller, more um, intimate meetings between groups of people. It might be kind of cross-functional or cross-divisional teams, um, working groups to, to have a look at, you know, I don't know, employee benefits or, or, or something like that. Um, again, this, this, you know, I guess at the minute has to be done virtually, but you can 
you can you know make those happen within the event it doesn't have to be a follow-up event it doesn't have to be a secondary event you can kind of divide up your audience and, and push them into these rooms where they can have these conversations where you can gather more granular feedback you can get the the more um, anecdotal quotes that you might need to to tell a story behind something so again it's that those those change makers that the change that you want to happen can happen within the virtual event um, I think there's also a good play for meetings as well to be booked. So uh, I know some uh, places where they do, you know, uh, internal job fairs. They're looking to help people move around different departments or upskill people into different tech roles um, and, and provide that kind of mo career mobility within the company and not lose people to external companies. Um, you know, you can set you could set meetings like that, you know, your virtual event, if it's a virtual job fair, you have presentations from the recruiter, the, the department lead, um, talking about the roles. And then, you know, very easy to have a button on that page where people then can access the calendar and book a meeting slot. And it's, you know, if you're thinking about that job fair or that recruitment aspect of it, you know, one of the, as you come down the metrics from people placed into new jobs, interviews had, initial meetings booked, you know, you can see how that kind of really layers up into that overall change that you need to make. But, you know, you can start by doing it straight away in here. Um, and then one thing as well is, is matchmaking. So for virtual events internally, um, you know, a good use case of this would be kind of a mentor scheme. So you look into maybe uh, match up some, some uh, junior members of staff with some more of the senior ones. Uh, and this can take a lot of legwork to do. You know, can have you need to get people who want to agree on both sides. You know, yes, I like I want to be mentored, and yes, I want to be a mentor. Um, and kind of you're finding ways to match them and identifying kind of their skills and, and their experience and their ambition. Um, that can be a lot of legwork, but actually, you could then you could do a matchmaking tool with a virtual event. So, um, kind of the animation that's playing at the minute is. Uh, uh, is an example of how you can go through the system and you can answer different questions and at the end of it you can get matched up with someone with either similar or different depending on how you want your mentor scheme or, or whatever matchmaking scheme that you want to run works you can match up junior and senior you could match up people who work in marketing with people who work in uh, like brand and design you, know, you can cross match these different skills or or traits that people have and and, uh, and get those connections going again you're looking at the mental scheme as a goal overall one of the things is going to be how many matches you've made you've done it right there on a virtual event there's no need for a follow-up so yeah i think kind of there's some in event changes that you can make and you know shouldn't shouldn't be afraid of, of having those actions within the event um i just want to touch on kind of stuff like we've, we've talked about it a bit already, um, but using the data from your event can really help make the change after. So, you know, an example of this could be, um, you know, you could create an FAQs or document or, se or session based on the most popular questions that have been asked. You know, we looked at word nerds and how that themes topics and um, groups topics and, and themes together. You know, you could really grab that information and kind of really bring that to life in your follow-up documentation. Um, you could look at the most popular sessions and there you've got ready-made content that you know is gonna be engaging. That can be the thrust of your campaign afterwards. Similarly, there's been some key content that's been missed. Perhaps it was uh, the wording of the event session title, the timing of it, whatever what it was that didn't get the engagement 
um, in the event, but needs to be engaged with, you, you, you kind of got pointers as, as to what can be, uh, what needs to go out in different formats next. Uh, and I guess we, we talked a, bit, a little bit, and my tell you started off with this, talking about kind of breaking it down by um, departments or job titles. And, and this is, again, you know, you can, you can cut down the information any way you like, really, depending on what you capture from the attendees and, and what you know about your attendees, you can break it down and see, you know, is there a particular um, management level that hasn't been engaging? Or is there someone, you know, a job function that's kind of really showing a lot of interest in, in one piece that you can kind of benefit from that. Um, and similarly, I talked about kind of change makers and, and people that have been making those in-event changes and clicking downloads to resource. You've got two audiences there. You've got people who have done what you want them to do and you have got people who haven't done that. So you've got two different campaigns that you can go to people. You can maybe learn from pe people why they did do it and you can take that and, and apply that in future campaigns to those who haven't done it yet. So. Yeah, I feel like the data and the metrics and the success of a virtual event don't just stop when the virtual event finishes. It's, you can take all the information that it holds and play it out into your campaigns and your different channels and, and even your strategy for a long time to come, um, which I think probably leads nicely onto your slide, my Teddy. I think that's so comprehensive. I've, um, the things that Jack shared are really ways to get event feedback and metrics that you don't usually get through your average event platform. And there's so much value to that. And then the sixth metric that I'm going to talk about is gathering employee feedback in, uh, in a very quick and easy way. So we a feedback we often get from internal communicators is that they are just always challenged with measuring the effectiveness of their internal communications. And that applies to emails or any other form of communication, including events. So how do you truly know that it worked and how do you know that it had the effect you wanted to have on, on, on employee sentiment or employee engagement? The best measure of that is obviously based on like is obviously employee feedback itself but the reason why that's such a big challenge is because employees are not motivated to give that feedback and that's for several reasons um it may be that they just don't have the patience to do it they get kind of overwhelmed with what they're working on during the day and they don't want to sit and invest in giving you feedback another reason might be is that they just don't feel confident or comfortable sharing that feedback um um, because they don't want to be judged for it or they just don't feel like it's their place to give very candid feedback. So another way to gather that feedback on your event is through uh, Contact Monkey's email template builder once again. So we have some um, engagement features that are focused on gathering anonymous candid employee feedback and that will help you kind of overcome those feedback barriers. So um, a way to do it is embedding pulse surveys or rating scales or anonymous feedback inside your newsletters. It's as easy as it was to as it was to embed your event in the newsletter. Similarly, you just drag and drop a block into your newsletter for feedback. So what you can see on the right is an example of a star rating scale. So you can just simply embed a question in your newsletter saying, how did you feel about how do you feel about the upcoming event? Or how did you how was your event experience um, that took place last week? And they can literally in a second give you feedback by picking a star rating. And then below is how you would see those results. So you'd be able to see the percentage of responses you got for each of those ratings. You'd 
even be able to get a score and then you're able to enable anonymous comments in case employees wanted to give any qualitative feedback that's also a way in which you can keep it anonymous and uh, like jack mentioned everyone is really accustomed to uh, social media and giving likes or using emojis to express how they feel and it's really intuitive for everybody now that most people engage with these things on social media and you can see uh, through instagram how popular polls are people like giving feedback when it's quick and easy so these star ratings can be customized to be emojis as well and you can experiment with what your employees respond to the best but there is no better measure than to hear it from the horse's mouth so these are just really simple and quick ways to gather feedback post your event so with that, we've kind of covered the six key metrics, um, right from pre-event to during event to post-event, and we hope you find those valuable. And we can open it up for Q&A. So if you have any questions, just send them into the chat box, and we'll be addressing them now. Uh, so I've got some coming through already. Um, so this is when this one has actually just come straight through. Um, based on the feedback survey. So yeah, how soon after would you send the survey? Um, I would say the best time to send the survey would be right after the event and latest maybe a day after the event when it's top of mind, employees have just engaged with it. They're more, they're more compelled to give you the feedback. People do want to share that as well. So when it's top of mind, the sooner the better, not beyond a day later, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Soon the better, it works well. Um, we've got one here as well, um, which, well, you're getting them all mightily. Um, so can you view um, acceptances or RSVPs, I suppose, um, by department in Contact Monkey? Yeah, so um, as I said before, you get a dash dashboard view of all your RSVPs, so you can see each person that's registered and you can download that registration report and then you'll get a breakup department and title wise. So you can filter uh, filter department wise to highlight uh, or identify which departments are more interested in it or not. It's a really great way for you to target your communication better and cater events to the right audience. Great. Um, well, I can see someone's asked about uh, if we'll have a uh, download or uh, on-demand version. Yes, I think you might have missed the, uh, uh, the housekeeping at the start, but yeah, we've got um, an on-demand version that uh, I tell you you'll be um, coordinating. Um, this one looks like, um, so I guess this one's talking about um, for a virtual event, what kind of format recommendations we've got for kind of what's the most engaging. Um, I mean, video always does really well. There's you know so many stats out there that show that um, video is the kind of the number one engaging format. Um, but I, I'm not necessarily going to kind of put all my weight behind that. I, I feel like it, it can depend on what the what the goal needs to be. You know, if you've if you've got a action to take or a click to take, then we've you know discussed different ways that that what that can look like, and it could be that. You know, it's um, it's you know, information slides, a short presentation, but having having that those links to actually click. I mean, I, I know it's not a 
it's maybe not the exact answer you're looking for, but making it nice and obvious for, for people to actually do the, the action. Um, if the content format can can match that, that's how you're going to drive the engagement. But you know, if it, if you th if you're talking slides v video, I think it's kind of depends on the message. If it's something quite technical that people need to take away, slides might be good. If it's a bigger story and you're looking to introduce something, then you know, nothing really beats the impact of video, I'd say. Uh, I'm just going through the, there's some questions here. Um, not sure we're going to get through to all of them, but any that we don't get through to, we'll come back to via email, dish out between uh, ourselves as to who we think um, would do it. So this one, um, so this one talks about um, kind of reusing content um, from the events. So I think, you know, we talked about the, um, how you can use the data, but be interesting to maybe talk about how you could reuse the content from it as well. Um, yeah, we, uh, I'll, I'll have a little stab at answering this first, Martin, and you can kind of jump in if there's anything you want to add, but I suppose what we've seen people do is you know, take little short snippets of the videos. Um, you know, that can be played out kind of on the internet. Um, we talked about, quite, you know, question and answers, uh, the, the most popular questions forming a Q&A session. Um, if your analysis of the question data really picks a, a topic that someone's, you know, identifies a theme that, that people just aren't quite grasping, you know, that's kind of a new Q&A session that you could either have as an internal blog um, or, you know, a follow-up follow -up campaign. Um, don't know if you've kind of got anything to add, add to that, my about how people could, you know, reuse their content afterwards. Yeah. So uh, w with all live events, it's a great idea to kind of update your website with them because even if it, after you've reached the audience that registered, you can continue to reaching new audiences uh, that may be interested in that topic. And then, yeah, like Jack mentioned, it's a great way. Another great way is to summarize uh, the content in the form of a blog for people who prefer consuming it that way. And then if it's an internal company event, you just want to kind of use it to drive employee engagement. If it's a shared experience that your employees have had, it might be um, it might be nice to kind of summarize the experience in an email that you send out to everybody, maybe those who missed it, um, have screenshots of the event just to kind of continue the engagement post event. That could be an idea too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I guess, I mean, we missed the one that we're going to be using. We're sending the on-demand footage out as well. So yeah, definitely, definitely do yeah. that. Um, so I think probably maybe time for one more, and I say we'll come back to the other ones um, on email, just conscious of, of, of time that we're taking up. Um, this one looks like it's probably for yourself. Um, I tell you, is, can you manage registrations of multiple events at the same time? Uh, yeah, so you can. So like, like I had shown earlier on the slides, if you create one event, you can create multiple of them. You would, however, have to Im embed one event at a time you could have multiple events embedded in a newsletter. For example, if you're going to be sending out an invite for all the upcoming events in a particular month, you can uh, you can embed them one by one into a newsletter, and then you'd be able to track RSVP simultaneously of each event to even compare maybe uh, this topic is more exciting, or maybe this date and this time works better for events. So it's a great way to kind of compare different event strategies and get that holistic look on what it should be going forward. Yeah, great. Okay, that's good. 
Um, yeah, I can see a f I can see a few more in there, but I think looking at the time, probably best to come back to those mm -hmm. on email so we can let people um, get on. But yeah, thanks for having me on, my today. It's been great. Yeah, of course. And just before we leave, um, if any of you are interested in finding out more about how you can manage your events from your inbox, definitely book a demo with us using this link. I will include it in our follow-up email as well, so you will have access to this link. And um, we know how, um, how busy an internal communication calendar can get especially if you're planning multiple multiple events throughout the year or even different content strategies throughout the year so for you to kind of simplify simplify your process and plan it out we've built out this really useful internal comms planning calendar which we've got really good feedback from so you can download this free resource again i will include it in the follow-up email so yeah thank you everybody for joining us and thank you so much jack for co-hosting with me this was a really great informative session and see you all next time remote control an internal comms podcast by stream go